You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. It's time to talk about the Green Bay Packers. This is your Packers Update, the Daily Cheese, brought to you by Packernet.com and powered by Overtime Media. The Daily Cheese is a collaboration with the Packernet Podcast, hosted by Ryan Schlipp, the Pack Daddy, and I am your host, J.J. Leahy. So after taking the day off yesterday, the Packers are back in practice today, Friday, August 28th. According to Matt LaFleur, none of the players said they didn't want to practice yesterday. It was LaFleur's idea to postpone practice and ultimately cancel it after the team had, quote, a very emotional meeting that morning discussing the players' feelings in reaction to what's going on in Kenosha with the police shooting. Adrian Amos, Christian Kirksey, and Billy Turner in particular are all very outspoken about this topic, and they met with the media today to talk about their feelings in great detail. If you're interested in that, those interviews are all available over on the Green Bay Packers YouTube page. As far as football news goes, Chicago Bears head coach Matt Nagy confirmed the team will be keeping two kickers this year. So be on the lookout for a quadruple doink. Bears fans will be quick to jump to the team's defense and insist that one of the players is going to be on the practice squad in case of needing to activate one as an emergency if their starting kicker gets the coronavirus. I'm not really sure why the Bears don't do that every year, though, if this is their concern, because you could lose a kicker to a broken leg or a pulled groin. But anyways, this news made me very happy, so thought I'd share that with you as well. I'm excited to see the Bears special teams trot out in a two-kicker set. Ooh, which one of us is going to kick the ball? We got some good news and some bad news from practice this morning, all relating to player injuries. Right tackle Rick Wagner is back. He missed five straight practices. In his place, the incredibly mediocre Billy Turner stepped in at right tackle. And Lane Taylor filled in for Turner at right guard. By all accounts, he did much better than Billy Turner has been doing at right guard. For those of you who didn't know, Lane Taylor took a significant pay cut to come back this year after losing his starting left guard job to second round pick Elton Jenkins last year. Taylor was injured, I believe, in preseason week three. He had a torn bicep. 
cost him pretty much the whole season. And in his place, we found out Elton Jenkins is a really darn good guard. Well, the Packers told Lane Taylor that they were going to cut him during the offseason. However, Taylor agreed to take a pay cut, which saved the Packers about $3 million, and bet big on himself to win his job back. To do that, he was going to need to have a strong preseason showing. And so far, he's been pretty much flawless. It's hard to justify not making him the starting right guard now. The problem is that Billy Turner is the eighth highest paid player on the team, and the Packers would not save any money by cutting him this year. So Turner is right now competing with Rick Wagner to be the starting right tackle. As mentioned, Rick Wagner missed five practices, and he showed up today back in practice wearing pads again for the first time, but he was in a left elbow brace. It's unclear right now what his injury is exactly. His reps today were very limited, but there's no question that there is a question at right tackle. Wagner signed a two-year deal with the Packers this offseason after struggling mightily with injuries in Detroit last year. If he can get healthy, it should be an easy competition between him and Billy Turner for the right tackle job. Further injury news, Randy Ramsey missed time today. If you're not familiar with that name, Rambo Randy Ramsey is an outside linebacker competing with Tim Williams and Jonathan Garvin for the number four outside linebacker job. According to reports, all three of those guys have looked great. 2020 seventh round pick Jonathan Garvin and 2019 undrafted free agent Randy Ramsey have both shown a lot of potential to be the new Kyler Fackrell. Ramsey was on the sideline today, not in pads, participating in some workouts. It's unclear exactly what injury he suffered in last practice. It doesn't stop there. The really sad news is cornerback Kabion Ento, who has looked super Super promising this year, suffered a broken bone in his foot and had surgery on Wednesday. He will certainly miss significant time and also loses what looked like a pretty good opportunity to make the 53-man roster this year. In response to this injury, the Packers did bring in several cornerbacks yesterday to compete, one of whom looks interesting. Hopefully I'm pronouncing this right, Rajesterman Ferris. He's a very experienced three-year starter at the University of Hawaii. NFL Draftwire called him, quote, the heart and soul of the secondary, and they described him looking like a wide receiver when he goes up for the ball in coverage. Ferris went undrafted, but he signed with the Atlanta Falcons and was an unfortunate casualty of the 80-man roster cutdown. With no OTAs or minicamps, this is an incredibly tough year for undrafted free agents to compete. Of the five players the Packers worked out yesterday, this is the only one that I think stands a chance to get signed. Remember, the Packers do still have Stanford Samuels, and Kadar Holman. But with the team likely to want to keep six or even seven cornerbacks on the roster, no doubt Petten, Lafleur, and Gudekunst all want to add more competition to that room. Well, the details finally came out about Kenny Clark's new contract. What I'm talking about is how much does he get paid each year? What's the salary cap hit? The total deal is for five years. That includes this year, so there's four additional years tacked on. We've added a total of 70 million new dollars to his contract, on top of the 7.69 million dollars left over from this final year of his rookie contract. Due to the structure, this year's cap hit actually goes down by $1 million. And what's important is that next year, which is supposed to be much tighter because of COVID, his cap hit is only expected to be $7.1 million. Remember, with very limited fans in the stadiums, potential missed games, no preseason, and probably other bad things, this year's NFL revenue is supposed to be very low, meaning next year teams are going to have a lot less cap space they're allowed to use. In 2020, the salary cap is $198 million. Just to be clear, that's how much each individual NFL team is allowed to pay their players total. You may have more money in the bank, but you're not allowed to pay players with it. In 2021, the salary cap goes down $23 million down to $175 million. And that's a problem because a lot of these contracts have been negotiated and signed years in advance. You are allowed to roll over unused salary cap from one year to the next. The Packers currently have a little over $10 million not allocated for bonuses, dead money owed to players no longer on the team. This is money the Packers are allowed to use, either to sign free agents, extend current players, or they can roll it over to next year. As things currently stand, the Packers next 
next year are scheduled to be $14.8 million over the cap. That means even if they roll over all $10 million from this year, they still have work to do to get back underneath that new $175 million limit. There are still moves the backers can make this year to free up more money. There are players that they can cut, like center Corey Lindsley, players they can extend or restructure, like Zadarius Smith. They did already do this with Aaron Rodgers this past offseason. But the Packers have some big-name free agents that they need to extend next year. Rumor has it the Packers are currently trying to work out a deal with running back Aaron Jones. More on that in just a minute. They also need to re-sign left tackle David Bakhtiari. If he continues to play at an elite level this year, Bakhtiari deserves a huge third contract. He's one of the premier left tackles in the league. Another big name is cornerback Kevin King. This year is likely a prove-it year for King. He had a great 2019, but prior to that, he struggled with injuries and consistency. Now, the Aaron Jones extension is pretty controversial and extremely surprising. Jones led the league last year in both touchdowns and rushing touchdowns. He was the Packers' most consistent player, and many weeks he was the entire offense, stepping up as the number one receiver when Devontae Adams missed time, putting the team on his back and barreling for 19 touchdowns in the entire season, including four in just one night versus the Dallas Cowboys. It's been a long time since the Packers have had a reliable running back not since Amon Green in 2003. And in fact, that was Green's best year with 15 touchdowns. But the Packers don't pay running backs, they don't have money, and they just spent a second-round pick on A.J. Dillon. One would think that one of the top running backs in 2019 would be due a monster contract somewhere in the league, and there's no way the Packers will spend $10 million a year on a running back. But the shocking rumors are that Jones and the Packers are actually discussing a potential $5 million a year contract. I'm going to read off a list of names to you. Kenyon Drake... Todd Gurley, Gus Edwards, Tariq Cohen, Joe Mixon, Kareem Hunt, Philip Lindsay, Marlon Mack, Leonard Fournette, Damian Williams, Matt Breida, Dalvin Cook, James White, Rex Burkhead, Alvin Kamara, Deion Lewis, James Conner, Chris Carson, Jeff Wilson, Jarek McKinnon, Tevin Coleman, Derek Henry, Adrian Peterson. And I could go on, but these are just the big names. Most people listening probably recognized at least a couple of those. These are running backs in the NFL that are set to be free agents next year, along with Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and Tyler Irvin of the Green Bay Packers. This is one potential explanation for why Aaron Jones may be considering agreeing to a smaller contract to stay with the Packers. Rob Demosky reported that a longtime agent who correctly predicted what Brian Balaga and former Packers linebacker Blake Martinez got in free agency, that would be $10 million a year, and for years has kept a chart of what he thinks players will get on their next deals, estimated that Kenny Clark was going to get $17 million a year, much lower than the rumored $20 million. And I say rumored, but I'm talking about people like me who are just comparing similar players around the league and seeing what they're worth. Well, Kenny Clark's new deal actually averages $17.5 million, really close to this estimate. So what else does this agent say? They estimate David Bakhtiari will get $17 million a year as well. Corey Lindsley, our center, who we are not going to resign, is going to get $10 million somewhere. He estimates Kevin King will get $10 million a year. And surprisingly, he has Aaron Jones at $5 million. Okay, we're going to wrap up, but tomorrow I'm going to talk to you about wide receiver. We've touched on this a few times this offseason, but new Packers wide receiver coach Jason Vrabel met with the media this week and gave us an insight into what this year's offense might look like now that Geronimo Allison is not with the team and in the absence of new addition Devin Funchess. We actually got some new info this time, and it's going to be interesting to break that down. If you want to share your thoughts with me, please follow me over at JJ Leahy on Twitter. That's J-J-L-A-H-E-Y. That does it for today. For more in-depth analysis and a look at Packers strategy, make sure you're subscribed to the Packernet Podcast, hosted by the Pack Daddy, Ryan Schlipp. Keep up on all the Green Bay Packers news by going to packernet.com and follow the Packernet Podcast on Facebook. 
My name is JJ Leahy, and this has been The Daily Cheese, your Green Bay Packers news update.